This episode is proudly sponsored by Thomas Brock's English Poetry Course. Thomas is part of the Thinking in English team and is about to launch a course on classic British poetry, especially for English learners. This course is an amazing opportunity for all English learners. You will learn new vocabulary, read and make notes on incredible poems, and join in group discussions, and receive an introduction to British poetry. Click the link in the description to book your place right now. And if you use the code THINKING, that's THINKING, at checkout, you'll get 10% off. Go and book the course right now. Hello and welcome to the Thinking in English podcast, a podcast for intermediate to advanced level English learners. Today, I want to introduce you all to the benefits and joys of using poetry to learn English. Poetry is an incredible yet underused resource for English learners that I believe will be of help to many of you listening right now. You can find the full transcript of this episode over on the Thinking in English blog. Click the link in the description. Check out my YouTube channel and Instagram page for more great content. Leave a like, rating or review wherever you are listening right now. And remember, this episode is sponsored by Thomas Brock's English Poetry Course. If you want to improve your English and study poetry at the same time, join the course and you get 10% off if you use the code THINKING. Here is today's episode. A friend of mine recently published a poetry book. Sanam, who has been a previous guest on Thinking in English, is an incredible writer with an ability to create images and describe feelings that makes me so jealous. She's so talented. Reading her poetry collection made me realise that poetry is a fabulous but massively underrated resource for English learners to incorporate into their study routines. And I want to change this. When I ask my listeners, you guys, what books you like to read, the answer is usually a piece of non-fiction. Something about finance, a self-help book, a biography, or maybe a book about history or current events. I rarely receive answers of fiction books, and it's even rarer for someone to tell me they enjoy reading poetry. And this is such a shame. While non-fiction is great if you are interested primarily in the content, fiction is one of the best resources for language learners. Compared to non-fiction, novels, poems and plays tend to use much more diverse and creative language. Fiction can help you develop your imagination and your empathy in English, and it can develop your cultural understandings. I believe more people should be using fiction, and especially poetry, to expose themselves to interesting, complex and unique language patterns. While I was living in Japan, I started writing haikus, a Japanese style of poem, to improve my language skills. 
And recently, we also started a poetry and fiction chat room on the Thinking in English Discord server, which has introduced me to so many new and interesting poets and authors. And inspired by the Thinking in English philosophy of learning in English, Thomas Brock, who is part of the Thinking in English team, is about to start a six-week poetry course designed for English learners. If you join Thomas's course, you will encounter, study, and examine classic poems in detail, which is an incredible way to deepen your understanding of English. And you will also be able to discuss poetry with other similar-minded English learners. I've already said this, but you get ten percent off if you use the code Thinking. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, send me a message, and I'll give you twenty percent off the course. In this episode of Thinking in English, I want to provide you all with a guide on how to use poetry to study English. I'll start by discussing why you should use poetry, then look at what poems you should include, before suggesting a few methods to incorporate poetry into your study routine. Even if you don't like poetry, you can probably apply the same tips to novels, plays, non-fiction books. And maybe even TV shows and movies. One of the big questions I think I need to answer in this episode is: Why should I use poetry to learn English? What are the benefits of reading poetry? And how can analysing poems contribute to your language learning journey? There are lots of benefits, as poetry often uses rich vocabulary and figurative language. It is a great resource for expanding vocabularies and improving understandings of the nuances of the English language. Poets are masters of twisting sounds, using double meanings, and crafting images with their words. I often think of Maya Angelou's words in the classic poem "Still I Rise." You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness, but still, like air, I'll rise. Such emotive and powerful language is a feature of poetry. Poems have always been a powerful medium for emotional expression. They can inspire and provoke a range of emotions and help develop emotional vocabulary and the ability to articulate complex emotions. As a form of artistic expression, poetry can require a unique perspective to understand it. Unlike other forms of writing, poetry may need you to imagine, be creative, and adopt new approaches to really comprehend the meanings. By studying poetry, you can develop your creativity and imagination in English, your English critical thinking skills, and improve your cultural understanding. I'd say it's definitely worth considering using poems to study English. More specifically, poetry can help you with language acquisition. It is great for vocabulary expansion, as poets use a variety of brilliant words and phrases, including colloquial terms and slang. Poetry is awesome for introducing you to new grammar and syntax. Poets are known for their creative and unconventional use of sentences. An exposure to this is a great way to deepen your understanding of the rules and patterns of the English language. 
Poetry can even help with pronunciation and intonation. How? Well, poetry is an excellent source of examples of how words are pronounced and how sentences are stressed and phrased in real life. Poets use intonation and pronunciation to provide meaning. For example, in T.S. Eliot's poem, The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock, he uses hesitations, repetitions, mistakes and fragmented syntax to convey uncertainty and self-doubt. Let us go then, you and I, when the evening is spread out against the sky, like a patient etherized upon a table. Etherized here is a mistake, it should have been anaesthetized, and throughout the poem the speaker pauses and corrects himself constantly. He keeps saying, do I dare, do I dare, to show his uncertainty. You don't get exposed to this kind of language in normal English articles, you know, BBC news articles, or non-fiction writing, only in poetry specifically. Okay, now I've convinced you poems are a great resource for English learners, we need to know how to choose poems for you to read. There are probably millions of different English language poems from hundreds of thousands of different poets and written in hundreds of different styles. How do you know what to choose? Well, the easiest method is to let someone else choose for you, find them online on an article on the internet, or take the upcoming course with Thomas Brock, which will introduce you to five classic poems from five famous poets. But if you want to read poems by yourself, there are a few things to consider. When selecting a poem to read or study, it's important to choose one that is appropriate for your English level. Consider the length of the poem. Longer poems can be more challenging to read and understand, especially if they contain complex language or themes. If you're new to reading poetry in English, start with shorter poems that are easier to digest. Poets often use complex or unusual language to create meaning and evoke emotions, but this can be challenging for non-native English speakers. So look for poems that use simpler, more accessible language that you can understand more easily. Poems can also cover a wide range of themes and subjects, some of which may be more challenging than others. If you're new to reading poetry in English, Look for poems that cover simpler, more universal themes, such as love, nature or human emotions. And many poems are available in audio form, and listening to a poem can help you understand its language, rhythm and metre more easily. If you're struggling to understand a poem written on a page, try listening to it instead. There are many different types of poems, each with their own unique characteristics and structure. Let me introduce two or three of the most famous. A sonnet is a 14-line poem that typically follows a strict rhyme scheme and meter, and is often used to explore themes of love, beauty and mortality. Haiku are a three-line poem that originated in Japan, Haiku often focus on images from nature and seek to capture a moment or a feeling. An epic is a long narrative poem that tells the story of a hero's journey. Epics often feature larger-than-life characters and events, and are often used to explore themes of honour, 
courage and heroism. While a ballad is a narrative poem that tells a story, often set to music, ballads typically follow a simple rhyme scheme and meter, and often deal with themes of love, loss and tragedy. Now these are just four of the common types of poem. There are many, many more to discover on your journey into poetry. So here are a few suggestions for popular poems to study based on different English levels. If you're a beginner to poetry, maybe try reading Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening by Robert Frost. This popular poem has a gentle, rhythmic structure and uses simple descriptive language to paint a picture of a snowy landscape. And by the way, I'll link all of these poems I'm mentioning. They'll all be linked in the blog article. Um, so head over to thinkinginenglish.blog and read the transcripts and you'll be able to click the links. And I think they're all, all of these poems are free on the internet. If you want a poem for intermediate level, why not read Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night by Dylan Thomas. This poem uses powerful, evocative language to explore the theme of mortality and the struggle to hold on to life. And for a more complex, advanced poem, The Wasteland by T.S. Eliot is perfect. This complex and challenging poem uses a fragmented structure and a wide range of literary and cultural references to explore themes of decay disillusionment and cultural crisis. But these are just a few suggestions. Like I said, there are millions of poems out there for you to choose from. So I've explained why you should use poetry to practice English, the benefits of studying poetry, and how to select the perfect poem. Now I'm going to give you a few quick tips on how to read, analyse and use poems to study English. Poetry is often dense and rich with meaning, so it's important to read the poem several times to understand it. Take your time and read the poem slowly and carefully, paying attention to each word and phrase. Many poems are meant to be read aloud, so listening to a recording of the poet reading their own work can help you understand the rhythm, pacing and tone of the poem and you'll be able to find readings of poetry on YouTube quite easily. Look for patterns in the poem's structure, such as a rhyme scheme, a metre and stanzas. These are poetry terms uh, referring to how a poem is written. If you want a more detailed definition of rhyme scheme and stanza, I'll leave uh, dictionary links in the, uh, in the blog. And looking for these patterns can give you clues about the poem's meaning and help you understand how the poem is structured. You should also pay attention to literary devices such as metaphors, similes, personification and imagery. These devices can help you understand the poem's deeper meaning and the emotions it's trying to convey. Think about what the poem is trying to say or what message it's trying to convey. Identify the themes of the poem and how they relate to your own experiences. Understanding the poet's background and the context in which the poem was written can give you insights into the poem's meaning and significance. For example, if you're reading a poem that was written by a British World War I 
military poet, and there are some really great ones out there, without knowing the background of World War One and where they were writing, you probably won't understand the poem. So make sure you know who has written the poem and the context in which it was written. And after reading and listening to the poem, try and write your own analysis of its meaning and significance. Use evidence from the poem to support your ideas and consider how the poem relates to your own experiences and understanding of the world. And here are a few ways to directly practice English while reading poetry. While reading a poem, identify any unfamiliar words in the poem and use context to determine their meaning. Look up the words in a dictionary if you need and create flashcards to help remember this new vocabulary. You should also read the poem out loud and pay attention to the stress and intonation patterns. Maybe listen to a recording of the poem being read aloud by a native speaker on YouTube and try to imitate or copy the pronunciation. Poets also tend to use interesting grammar. Try to identify different types of sentence structures, such as simple sentences, compound or complex sentences, in a poem. And also look for examples of different verbs and adjectives and other grammatical elements. After reading a few poems, you could try and write your own poems in English, using te the techniques and devices you have learned. This can help you practice your vocabulary, grammar and creative writing skills. This is something I have done myself in Japanese. Uh, I tried to write haiku, a Japanese short style of poem. It's only three lines. And this is one of the ways that I was practicing English. I had a language learning diary, actually. And every day, well, I tried. I tried for about a few, for a few weeks. But during those three few weeks, every day I would write something about my life. I would write what I would use one new word and write the meaning of the word and a sentence with it. And I would end by trying to write a haiku about something different. And that's what my study was for that, for that, those few weeks, I guess. And as always, group discussion is a great way to improve your English. This is why joining Thomas Brock's course would be a great idea for as many Thinking in English listeners as possible. You can share your interpretations of the poems and explain how the poem made you feel. You can practice your speaking and listening skills while also gaining a deeper appreciation of the poem. Overall, using poetry in language learning can be a fun and effective way to improve vocabulary, pronunciation, grammar and literary analysis skills. By engaging in a variety of exercises and activities, you can build your confidence and become more proficient in English. So here is today's final thought. Poetry is an amazing tool for English learning. It can introduce you to a wide variety of complex and unique vocabulary, grammar rules and sentence structures. It can increase your understanding of culture and develop both your critical and creative thinking skills. Hopefully, after listening to this episode, you have a better comprehension of poetry and how to use it to study English. But what is your favourite poem? 
I'd love to know your favorite poem. Uh, leave leave recommendations for poetry and and your favorite poems in the comments on Spotify, in the comments on the Thinking in English blog, uh, on the transcript, of course, um, or send them to me on Instagram. I'd love to hear from all of you. So yeah, reach out and let me know your favorite poetry. Uh, poetry is something I have got back into in the past few months, and I, I really want to read more. Uh, if you guys want to read poetry and learn how to use poetry in your English studying, I really recommend taking Thomas Brock's course. Thomas is, is not only sponsoring this episode, but he is an important part of the Thinking in English team. He helps run my conversation clubs, he writes a blog for the Thinking in English website, and he's been a big help over the past six months as we have tried to take Thinking in English from my bedroom hobby, uh, turning it into a real business. So going over and supporting Thomas by taking this course will be helping thinking in English. But most importantly, it will be helping yourself. You'll get the opportunity to meet other thinking in English listeners, discuss poetry, read classic poems, improve your cultural understanding of Britain and British history, and learn a lot about poetry. Uh, Thomas is a, is a big literature fan, a big poetry fan, a qualified English teacher, a former Latin teacher. So he he's, has a lot of experience and I think you'll all really enjoy his course. So go over and uh, use the code THINKING, that's T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G, THINKING for 10% off in the coupon code on his website. Um, or if you join Patreon, you get 20% off. So it might be worth joining Patreon to get that 20% off the course. Um, so, f you know, 20% off for six weeks, £80, that's pretty good. So I'd, I'd recommend as many of you uh, joining the course as possible. And places are limited, right? So do it quickly. I think right now there's only there's four places available on Monday and one place available on Wednesday. So go over and, and check it out. Uh, if you want to support Thinking in English, remember we do a conversation club every week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I've had a lot of questions about the conversation club recently, uh, so I'll explain it here. Uh, every week we choose a new topic. So this week our topic is on oh I forget, social media. That's it, right? So this week our topic is on social media. Before the conversation club, we make vocabulary lists. We make lists of questions and we make example answers at different English levels, intermediate and advanced. We then send these out to all of the subscribers so they can practice and look at the questions and maybe prepare a few answers. When it comes to conversation club time, we all join and we break up into small groups of three or four people. Uh, when we break up into small groups, you get to discuss for an entire hour uh, different well, different questions with different people from all around the world. There will always be at least two English tutors in the session moving around the different groups, helping answering questions and solving any technical problems. Um, and it's a really good experience. We have lots of people who really enjoy the Conversation Club and I want as many of you listening now to join as well. So come over and, and join the conversations. In addition to your benefits of the Conversation Club, right? in addition to just conversations, you can join our Discord server. Discord is a very popular online, I guess, messaging app, chat app. Uh, it's a bit like Zoom mixed with a chat room. 
Um, and we have lots of different rooms on different topics uh, for people to discuss in English, right? We have a room for playing the game Wordle. We have a room for talking about music. We have a room for talking about thinking in English podcasts. Um, and there's also study groups that take place all the time now. We uh, we have usually we'll have a group on Friday night, two groups on Saturday, and a group on Monday. These are run by thinking in English listeners who want to speak more and practice more. Also on Wednesday, uh, Thomas Brock, who's doing the poetry course, is also doing a question and answer session. So lots of things going on on thinking in English, and all of that is available for just ten dollars a month. And you get bonus episodes. I forgot about the bonus episodes as well. You get bonus episodes, right? So for just $10 a month, you get quite a lot. And you'd be helping thinking in English. Uh, but I've talked for quite a lot at the end of this episode. So thank you all for listening. I don't know if anyone's still listening at, right at the end. If you are, I don't know, comment hello. Um, and I will see you all next time. Goodbye. <laughs>